0: Met a girl downtown at the bar last night and we got talking. Said she likes cheap drinks and tattoos and Morgan Wallen. She said, what about you? I said, I like late night bonfires, Yellowstone, Whiskey Myers, and Lifted Trucks. Hey right,
1: everybody, welcome back and to the podcast. Um, very last minute uh, episode with Kristen Nagel after the internet blew up yesterday when she announced that, what, four years later, She's been given a twenty thousand dollars plus court cost, so more than twenty thousand dollar fine for organizing a rally when we were not allowed out of our cages. So uh okay. thanks for coming on. I, I just I'm sure a ton of people have an idea who you are. So Kristen's a former NICU nurse, so NICU nurse uh for kids of 14 years and ended up losing her job pre firings of nurses like my wife and and for the covid mandate stuff (laughs) the story is actually one that i did not know she was involved with um but welcome tell us (laughs) tell us your story (laughs) like i said i'm shaking my head still i can't believe that this is going on but then i can believe it as jen just you know reminded me like why should i not believe that this shit show is still happening in 2024 in this fucking country (laughs) welcome kristen
0: Thank you so much for having me. No, it it is, it's crazy. Like we were just saying um, before the show started, like you kind of, after four years in it, you kind of, you know, believe it, but you still don't because it's surreal and you don't want it to be true. But here, here we are. So yeah, I don't know. My uh, I've gotten pretty quick at summarizing this story, but for those that don't know me, yes, I was a nurse of 14 years, uh, primarily spent in the neonatal intensive care unit taking care of premature babies. My awakening happened in 2015 with my first son. Something came upon me, and I thought, "Hey, I guess I need to learn what I'm going to feed him." And I was an indoctrinated kind of cocky nurse, and I was like, "Well, I work with babies. You know, I I, I like health and fitness. I already know. I, I'm sure I know what to feed my baby." and but i got pressed on pressed on to look into it i say you know it was a divine intervention and i realized nope i don't know anything what to feed my baby it's all been lies um everything you know the that we've been told by our pediatricians is not true and so i became really passionate about uncovering the truth and learning about food to help other families uh learn this because i thought well if i'm a nurse and i don't know this information then parents probably don't either So I enrolled to become a holistic nutritionist and that's when all the light bulb moments finally went off for me because I, it was a two year, um, course I did over part-time over two years and I just realized how simple health is. It was, it's so simple and it was the most comprehensive, uh, course I had been in, you know, even more than nursing about the body, about health and how to be, you know, vibrant and thriving and, and how to stay out of the system and i was like well as a nurse how are we not learning this and then it was like oh because they don't want us to know because they want us to be sick and controllable and and victims so that was kind of uh i graduated in 2018 and uh you know i i say you open one door that leads you to the next and we all end up in the same place and we go through a different door mine was through food and through that i learned about childhood immunizations and once i learned about that it was just this immense betrayal of my industry. I had to really come to terms with what I was a part of, especially working with babies and administering so many of them to these little prems and seeing the fallout of of that after. So I started speaking out in 2018, was in trouble with my college then, uh, but I wasn't ready to lose my license or deal with the consequences um, that came with that. So I took the slap on the wrist and said, and, you know, kind of Um, some terms you're right I'm wrong and I won't do it again but I didn't realize that was going to (laughs) come come back so soon because as I was leaving the meeting I said to my union rep and I said but if they ever come after the children if they ever try to mandate anything on the kids there's nothing that's going to stop me from speaking out and all this kind of wrapped up in 2019 and I just I didn't expect 2020 to come so soon after I just said I won't do it again and then um then here we are so 2020 i found myself speaking out very early i had uncovered germ theory terrain theory the contagion myth and so i knew the next plan was to mandate the injections on adults i just didn't know how and when I, they started advertising wuhan in 2019 i said oh this is how they're going to do it so i started speaking out early on and uh, that led me in trouble with colleagues i was living my life normally colleagues didn't like that i was not living in fear they made up uh, bs complaints about me um, to management you know, Oh, Chris Nagel's not wearing her goggles. She's putting the goggles on her head when I was alone. that <laughs> was like, you took like PPE. What do you think's coming out of my eyes? Um, anyway, so that led me to speaking out and hosting a rally and getting into all the bad books and being a troublemaker the last four years.
1: Wild. That's so. So in 2015, you had your, your first kid, boy, girl. Boy. Yeah. So you had your son. Was there like one incident where you're like, I need to now research food or was there something that like sparked it at work or something you didn't trust? Or was it just a gut feel where you're like, I need to, to learn more. I don't, it doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah. I'm trying, I try often to look back on that memory. I was in a stroller boot camp, and uh, my instructor, you know, was talking differently about food than I had heard before. And I was doing some workshops. I was, you know, on maternity leave. I had time away from work, away from the industry and to kind of learn new things and there I, I don't remember the specific thing it it was just something like i think i need to learn about this i'd met a holistic nutritionist at some workshops i was going to and I, and like, what is this about what, what like what's a nutritionist especially holistic like what does all this mean these are all the terms that we're taught in school to stay away from
1: <laughs> so right you, you think it's i mean what's the word not real Clockery. basically yeah exactly <laughs> it's like this fluffy hoity-toity bullshit that, that isn't real. But now, yeah, like our moment was when Jen started getting pressured, but you knew this was happening before. We didn't know it was happening until they kept scheduling Jen's shot appointment and day after day, they'd be like, why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? And then what? Uh, after a few too many times, we're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why are you all over us? Or her, I should say. So that was mm-hmm. that was probably our moment where she, they just kept pressing her to do it. Mm-hmm. But this is, COVID's already here now. Now it's mandated. But it's it's awesome that you sort of knew that you're like a day oneer of day oneers. Like <laughs> pre, pre-COVID day oneer.
0: Uh, I, yeah, it's interesting looking back. You wonder kind of why and how, but you see the plan. And you see that, you know, all these things. Um, and this is how I came to faith. And I have um, what you're wearing, the, the God Family Country bought your hoodie. And I stand yes. by it. Uh, but I, I didn't come to faith until 2020 because of all this, uh, because of all the, the darkness and things I was unlearning. But now I see, you know, God placed me in these areas and for, to start this unlearning process for, you know, as such a time as, as this, but it's been a crazy ride. Uh, especially, you know, with my first son, I was like, okay, well now, I know like fortified rice cereal, that's terrible. Why are we fortifying when they can have like real actual nutrients and vitamins, homo milk, like one of the most like um, processed foods out there, like break down all these chemicals with high heat. So it's all one. Uh, when you think about fats, fats separate. So homo milk should never be a thing. Your, your fat should always be separate, really? always separate. So I, I was, those are just two basic examples that were taught, you know, to transition our kids to and what to feed them. And, and it, it's just awful. So I became really passionate about food with my, with my son. But then that's when I realized, well, if I'm so concerned, (laughs) what I'm feeding him, what's going on his skin, his environment, what's he being injected with. And it was another thing you're not taught in nursing school, you're just taught this is the best medical invention of all time, it saves lives, children need it, here's the schedule, go at it. And so I did things kind of backwards, I didn't look at the ingredients or look at the, um, the injection themselves. I wanted to look at the diseases. Like, what are they even like? What are they even for? Cause again, we're not really taught this in depth in, in school. I wanted to know how do you, how do you get them? How do you get these illnesses? What causes them? How do you treat them? What's the worst case scenario? What happens? Are there other things I can do? And once I did a deep dive into all the things that we now have injections for, it totally removed my fear. And I thought, well, th- these injections are not necessary. These are nothing to be scared of. Uh, there, there's remedies, and there's, and there are also rites of passage in childhood: measles, mumps, chickenpox. Like, there's a reason these things happen, um, and they, we need them for our immune system and for this rites of passage in childhood into their next development. So, once I started learning all these things, I did learn about the ingredients and the injections. But at this point, it was a mute point; didn't even matter because the fear was taken away once I actually looked at what we were trying to treat. Uh, so that helped with going into, I guess, uh, 2019, 2020, and, and speaking out. And when I started to speak out, I wasn't really knowing what I was doing. There was so much fear. Like there was just a fear of being around people, fear of the outside, fear of touching, fear of like our entire world. And so I was trying to just educate people and help remove the fear with things that they could do at home or things they can do with their health, because the governments weren't telling us that the health authorities weren't telling us that everything was just fear, 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 mask up, sanitize, poison, poison, poison. And so all I wanted to do was remove this fear with, we need people. We need touch. We need a community. We need vitamin D. We need the sun. We need to get outside. We need fresh air um here's a bunch of things you can do to boost your immune system. Here's some natural supplements, here's some herbs, here's some food. And that's how I started was just educating people. Uh which I guess I shouldn't have done. Uh how <laughs> which dare you. led me to led me to getting into trouble. Um interesting enough uh at this point I I was doing a lot of speaking at work until I stopped, until I was too much of an outcast. And I just ended up just staying in the back and staying by myself and just kind of avoiding. I was seeing the things that were happening in the unit there. And we were isolating parents. If you were high risk uh, pregnancy, you had to be in the antenatal unit alone. You had to pick one support person, one that could come that entire time. You couldn't change. You couldn't interchange your person. So people were going without seeing some of their children or loved ones for weeks, if not months on end once they came into the unit, they had to wear their mask at all times. So their baby was only seeing a masked face and some of those babies are in there for a hundred days. So when they got home and saw a real face, they would cry relentlessly because they're not used to seeing emotions. I mean, there's a whole bunch of studies that were done in the sixties about the still mask or still face experiment, how babies respond when they can't see expressions and it's quite uh, uh, horrific what it, what it does to them, the, the trauma. So seeing all this, only one parent was allowed at the bedside. And you can imagine we have 23 week babies. We have microprems. prems. It's completely traumatic experience for these parents. And only one parent was allowed to be at the bedside to support their baby while taking in all this information and everything. And there are some families that, again, went without seeing some of their own children. Uh, if a mother had to have a C-section, her partner husband was not allowed in the OR room with her, uh, even though there's like eight or more personnel in the room. So she was alone. And if she was put under general anesthetic, both parents missed the birth of the baby. Like it just went on and on. And I just, I just was like, I, I see the holes. Like our respiratory therapists were told that they had to float down to the adult ICU if it got too busy and they never left our unit. They always stayed there. I'm sure Jen has similar stories. They never left cause it never got busy. And we shut down an entire gyne wing outside of our unit for overflow patients that never came the entire unit just sat empty for months on on end and um the biggest kicker which Jen will know is that we our unions fought for years for us to not wear the masks and if if you didn't get a flu shot then you had to wear a mask from november to april and our union finally won in 2018 and and uh you know our union proved that it was discriminatory and did not stop transmission And then here, all these nurses that fought for this were just slapping it back on their face again. And I asked them, like, I asked the union, I asked the nurses, like, did we not fight for this and win? And the only response I got, well, this is new. This is new.
1: Drive the fear, drive, drive the unknown. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Do, Do you think that parents that were treated that way, like missing your child's birth, I remember Jen describing sneaking husbands and fathers into the unit when they weren't supposed to, and like she's going against the rules. Some aren't okay with it. Do you think the parents that were treated like that saw the light way before others because of how they were treated? Or do you think they were just as scared as everyone else because of the media and the fear?
0: Most of them were, were scared. And, and doing it, doing what they thought was best for their, for their baby. And that was kind of one of the hardest things for me was when I started to kind of realize what was happening in these injections and everything. So you have a 23 week baby, uh, at two months of life. So at 60 days, they get their first immunization. So if you think of that 23 weeks, 60 days, they're still not full term. And here they are getting their first shots. And I would watch these babies, you know, they're bigger, they're getting better breathing on their own get their shots and reverse uh, back into invasive breathing support. Um, having bradycardia, zapnics stop, you know, their heart would stop, their breathing would stop and all having all these spells. And we would just pass that off in um, report just like, Oh, well, they just had their shots today. This is expected. And when I started to question it, like, well, do you think this is normal? Shouldn't we be looking into these side effects? We look into every other side effect that's happening from, you know, administering a, a medication. And again, I was just looked at as, as crazy, of course. Oh, that's the one thing you're not allowed to question or, or look at. But it, that was hard for me to finally realize because I had given so many of those shots. But then when I finally, that veil was lifted and I could see what was happening, uh, you can't unsee that. And it just starts to eat away at your soul. And so when I had an opportunity to finally put my words into action, I stood up and spoke at City Hall September of 2020 about the masks on children. Uh, And I was heartbroken to see that people were reporting me to the college back then for speaking about masks on children. And then kept going. I organized the freedom rally in November, 2020 in my hometown with a, with a friend. And that's when the media really labeled me uh, as a a terrible person and described me as putting premature babies, the most vulnerable at, at risk and putting their lives in danger. And so that was heartbreaking because here i am trying to save these little babies i see what's happening and i just want to protect them and care for them and now i had all the well i was suspended indefinitely in place under investigation by the college at that point but parents were calling in upset that i might have worked when their baby was in the unit that i might have been there with their baby that i might have harmed their baby that my presence in the the unit could have significantly caused damage to their baby and that that was really difficult for me to uh handle
1: do oh, when were you what what month were you suspended this is obviously in 2020 now
0: yeah november of
1: 2020 okay so right around when jen was i believe okay. yeah because yeah it was before she was actually fired the day the convoy left vaughn mills and in, in vaughn towards ottawa while we okay. were there yeah they called her and fired her she didn't answer so they, I think it was like a voicemail. How fucking pathetic is that?
0: Yeah, that is. Yeah. Mine was over a, a zoom. Yeah. It was November, 2020 Um, at, at the start because of, yeah. Colleagues complaints and because of hosting the freedom rally. So that kind of led into what you had brought up. that you didn't know is I was absolutely devastated at this point broken, but there was another nurse there. union speaking out in Toronto and I found her, I, I was able to contact some of the American nurses I knew were speaking out, Nicole Saratak, Nurse Erin of the, uh, the Whistleblower, who did the Undercover Nurse Exposé in Elmhurst, New York. And we ended up forming Global Frontline Nurses. And we thought we'd get out and get our message out to the as big of an audience as we can. We had support from Dell Bigtree, and we went to Washington, D.C., to speak on the health and freedom stage with uh, Del Bigtree, Kevin Jenkins, Mickey Willis. Like it was uh, amazing, Dr. David Martin. And I was just so stoked to be able to get out there and hoping my message would be well received and being a naive little Canadian, not paying attention to the political situation at the time. Uh, We spoke at the Supreme Court and when we flew home, uh, we were deemed domestic terrorists that stormed and rioted the Capitol we were immediately terminated. And that was kind of some major international defamation at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: So you went down to speak regarding the nonsense of COVID and got wrapped up in the insurrection. Yes, that's that. That's so fucked up.
0: <laughs> yes, I were, still were you have actually a... at the Capitol. We're at the Supreme Court. It was pretty close. Um, yeah. But by the time uh, everything was wrapped up, we had an early morning. We were one of the first people on stage. I head back to the hotel room. My husband called me to see if I was okay. And I was like, oh, I'm fine. We're heading back to the hotel. I was like, why? What's going on? I said, there's lots of sirens. It's very noisy. <laughs> and so he's the one that filled me into what was happening.
1: So you got back. You're now a domestic terrorist, quote unquote, and they're, yeah. and you and you got fired. What hospital was yeah. it?
0: London Health Sciences Center. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and you had fourteen years in that that same hospital.
0: No, but that the industry. I think I was okay. there for about nine years or something like that. Yeah.
1: Okay, and do you have? Did you have anybody back you in silence?
0: Uh, a couple.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's just a couple, yeah. eh?
0: On my unit, yeah, not many on the actual unit. Mm-hmm.
1: I find that so mind-boggling still that nurses or doctors or anybody in the medical field still haven't come to and realized how wrong they were. And it doesn't, it's not me chirping them or, you know, you're wrong. You got tricked. It's time to come to and apologize to people that you didn't back and let go to the gauntlet. It's It's shocking. It
0: it is very shocking. And maybe you and Jen have watched this, but uh, the killing nurses corrupted caring. It's of the nurses of the Third Reich, and it goes over how the the nurses in healthcare were convinced that killing babies was helping uh, at that time and saving lives. So that is a really powerful documentary, and the same language used then is what was used um, in the last few years.
1: Well, I don't. I have to. I have to watch this. I've never seen this or heard of it either. Mm-hmm. What's it called?
0: Killing nurses corrupted caring.
1: Jeez. That's fucking crazy. So back to the this twenty thousand dollar fine. Okay. <laughs> what does this stem from? Because I've been in court hundreds of times with really bad fuckers, whether it's provincial court, traffic court, people who've n- never paid car insurance, who have or have been convicted of driving a thousand miles an hour every day all year, never get fines like this. People who break into houses and steal everyone's shit never get fines like this. People who sell drugs never get fines like this. How in the fuck does this happen?
0: <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I used to be able to reiterate this or um, say it really quick uh, or know it off hard. I don't anymore. It's the Reopening Act of Ontario, Section 10.2, I believe it is. If It was really trying to deter people from Coming together and you know speaking against the narrative, Black Lives Matter was allowed. Every Child Matters allowed. Uh, all these things. The summer before the rally I organized had 10,000 people at it. Totally okay. Uh, you know that was acceptable because it was on the right political side. So in the reopening act of Ontario, it stated that anyone who organized a rally could be faced with a 10000 up to a $100,000 fine. And it was really to kind of stop people from doing that. And I can't even remember what, I don't think there was a minimum for attending, but they stated that for me, I I, I basically have not learned my lesson. So they wanted the fine to be high enough to try to make sure that I would not, you know, want to do this again and to, to deter other people from following, I guess, in my footsteps of organizing against the government.
1: The the fact that you spoke out in, like, before COVID about vaccines against you, like, did they use all this shit against you because you're like a thorn in their ass of truth?
0: (laughs) Um, Different. Totally different um, cases, so it wouldn't have um, come up. That would have been College of Nurses of Ontario battle. Yeah, versus provincial offenses
1: (laughs) yes so the decision from the federal court that the emergencies act was not lawful was completely separate from this one yes do you think it had any bearing on only because i know how the court system works and judges are appointed by politicians they know that if they make a decision that goes against the grain they're in shit so it's it's a completely corrupted system, from top to mm-hmm. bottom, including crowns, even cops oh, that will like the like the cops that testified against you should be ashamed of themselves. Especially now, knowing what we all know, and no one can pretend that, or people cannot pretend anymore that they don't know that this was bullshit, or or else you're a fucking idiot.
0: Yes, <laughs> I was I was surprised. I was I was just curious. Like, how do you feel standing up there right now? Sharing this information, like, and then hearing the fine that I got, like, I would just, I'm so curious, like, how they feel.
1: How many police officers testified against you? Four. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Embarrassed. There's, there's no, no excuse for that anymore. Um, not doing the right thing. I don't care. You just call them sick. That's it. Done. You don't. If, if you don't have the balls to say I'm not doing this, you just call them sick. It's that simple. They can't do anything. But they're spineless and it's, it's sad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was a bit disappointing, especially the one, uh, you know, cause he used my name. He was like, Oh yeah. And there's Chris and Nagel up there on stage. And he, he had, he had no idea how I was, who I was. And even at that time, and he didn't have any proof of how he figured out who I was or how to identify me. It became after when the media identified me, but they didn't follow up to figure that out themselves.
1: Really? So -hmm. the media outed you? Yes. Okay. That's well, that's not a shocker to be honest. (laughs) Right? (laughs) No. At all. At all. Is there a way to appeal this or is this, has this like run its course now?
0: Um, looking into it. I'm not sure where that'll go or what that will do, but yeah, that we're in the process of looking into that at, at the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Talk about warrior mamas.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart that I'm really excited to, to launch. Uh, I realized, you know, over the course of, I guess the last eight years from the birth of my first son everything has been a lesson that has allowed me to be in the place i am now and i don't think it's by accident um, that i'm here uh, but i hope that i can help others stand courageously and confidently in their convictions and that's what warrior Mamas is about is trying is learning how to find and embrace your inner warrior to raise strong, healthy, and free children. Because now more than ever, we have to be able to protect our children against everything that is out there that is coming and trying to attack them. So my, my hope is to help other warrior mamas rise, to know that they are needed, that they're everything that their child needs. They are perfect for their child. And just to give them the confidence to stand in their beliefs, values, and convictions that no matter what comes their way, may lose friendships uh family hopefully not as bad as like everything that i have lost but i can stand here to this day and say that everything that i lost freed me from the things that were not meant to be in my life and it broke me free of the chains and it allowed me to gain so much more than i ever thought imaginable
1: Mm -hmm. i'm guessing your circle has changed drastically in the last three years quite a bit yeah quite well worth it though
0: absolutely it is I I wouldn't change any of it I wouldn't change the the hardships the challenges uh anything uh I say you know the biggest blessing to me that happened throughout of this was finding faith and being able to put on that armor and continue to have hope and and filled with peace because I know that the victory is already won I know who's in control and it gives me that confidence Uh, and hope to move forward in the world and um, I feel really sad and hope that maybe through my story or my message can help because I feel really sad for people that don't have that same hope uh and you know in in where we're going things might look a little dark might get darker and might feel very dark but in those moments that's when we see the most stars and that's when they shine the brightest so I I just hope to you know give a little bit of inspiration to people and in the warrior mamas and helping people stand steadfast because that's what we have to do. And knowing that there is, there is a light in all of this and there's still beauty in the world. And when we choose to focus on the beauty and everything that's being created and everything around us, the world's not so scary. Things have been happening since biblical times. There's always been evil. There's always been fights, always been wars, always been you know corruption, always. It just depends where we want to focus our energy on. And right now I'm focusing on creating and all the good things that are out there and connections and, you know, like yourself and non-negotiable and Jen and all the other beautiful people that are rising up in this community.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really cool that after getting a, a judgment like you did yesterday, how big your smile is today. I think it's badass. So cool.
0: <laughs> I Yesterday when it happened that I am, I, I was sad. Um, I cried. Uh, but I knew I was like, I'm just going to sit in these feelings today and I'm going to be sad and disappointed, but not surprised. And I, I've known throughout the last few years that, I, you know, I'm going to sink a bit, but I always rise up higher. I know that when, when we, well, DC was pretty dark times, the threats, the doxing, the threats on my children that was pretty dark when we came back and were determined domestic terrorists. But I have to say the most threatening uh, accounts that came at me was after we organized the national hospital rallies across Canada. And so that was September 1st of 2021. Uh, so Canadian frontline nurses organized the national hospital rallies that spread all across Canada from East to West and even made it a little bit of an international uh, traction there as well but that was the most hate that i had received it was it was vile i would never wish that on my worst enemies the media painted us as kind of murderers like blood on our hands um all across canada it was a three same things we stopped ambulance access we interfered with cancer patients treatments and we attacked um assault work um healthcare workers and I think our inbox in like a very short period of time filled up with 3000 hate letters and just the personal attacks that were coming. And anyways, I share this because that, that was probably one of the darkest moments. And then from that, again, once the darkness comes in and it tries to take hold and then the, this overwhelming love and beauty and support comes in after it. And the same thing with the trucker convoy, it was like, you know, the last two days this evil that came in but then the support and the global support and the community so every time they try to push back with more evil and more hate we seem to continue to rise up with with bigger hearts and as hard as it is that is truly the only way that we're going to win and survive this is keeping soft hearts not letting them jade us not letting them break us not letting them think that they've won it's by rising up higher with a full heart
1: do you think that something like obviously the times were horrible you went through a lot of shit do you think that needs to happen to moms or even anyone but we're talking about warrior mamas does something bad need to happen to bring out that fierceness almost like you have no choice but to fight back because if you don't It's going to land on your kids. Do you think there's something like that needs to happen to people for them to rise up?
0: I don't know if it needs to happen. I'd like to say no, because I would hate for terrible things to have to happen to anyone to rise up. But I think when you're in it, I think when you see it, and I think when you have a personal experience, it definitely lights a bigger fire under you and convicts you even more. That's, you know, kind of what spurred me on to like the next thing I'm creating. It was with the birth of my daughter, Adley, just um, 10 months ago. That was kind of full circle for me. I was this indoctrinated nurse who thought home birth should be illegal and actually had conversations with friends and was just thought they were so reckless and, and, and dangerous. And until it was, you know, steps of unlearning, Logan was food. Liam was, you know, the shots and learning about germ theory and the contagion myth. And then uh, finally, Adley, the veil was lifted on birth and working in the NICU and seeing the harms that were happening to women in the hospital. I could no longer unsee that. I saw it completely different. I saw that we were causing the harms. I saw the, you know, what we were doing to babies, separating, you know, this baby from their mother for no reason because it didn't hit a certain weight. This healthy, perfect baby didn't hit five pounds. So we're, let's take it away from the safest place it could be and put it al- alone in an incubator hooked up to monitors. Like it was just crazy. And that's just like, you know, very small fraction of things that were happening. So Adley was my redemption birth. Everything that I had unlearned and learned came to place in that pregnancy, there was no tests. There was no looking into anything. Um, It was just me and a growing baby inside of me that I had to connect inward because I was no longer seeking outside validation, giving my responsibility to someone else. It was me and this baby and it was the full um, reclaiming in that process. And when she was born, she was born at home out of system with a traditional birth companion, uh, wise woman, and it was the most, it was the hardest, hardest, most amazing thing I'd ever done. And when she was born, I remember looking at her and saying, we did it. And, and it was a, a we like, we did this. It was, a, I did this. And that was so powerful for me. Cause I remember thinking with my boys, it just happened I had epidurals completely, you know, medicated hospital births. They were just placed on my chest. And I was like, Oh, you're here now. Uh, completely different experience than looking at baby girl and saying, you know, we did this. So because of everything that I, I keep on learning and I just think, you know, I had to be completely polarized. I had to, you know, think home births were illegal to shift over here to know that this is where we all need to go is to save birth and um, organizing the second annual Reclaiming Birth Conference that's happening in September. As if you reclaim that power in the woman and the womb, It kind of, to me, that's where it all ends for the next generation. And we stop it right there. We stop handing over our responsibility if we can reclaim this power that's been taken away from us for hundreds of years. So every, I don't know, I guess I get very passionate about teaching people. (laughs) And so every time that harm is done to me, I'm just like, I need to rise up bigger and teach more people. Mm
1: -hmm. It's amazing. And we used to be the same in terms of thinking, not so much home birth stuff, I never, my brain never went that far anyways, because I'm a a dad. But in terms of, like, vaccines, or I had no problem with it, Never think anything of it. Um, The traditional anti-vaxxer, you might think they're fucking crazy. Well, I'm, I would never allow any of that shit around my kids ever again. Because I don't trust the system at all anymore. I think it's evil. And we were, like how you described, like, people shouldn't have births in their bathtub or you know things like that because there's no there's no medical people around but clearly it's fine
0: it has been for many generations how are we here and it's crazy to think how easily it is for the medical system to invade our homes and how easy it is for the system to come in and take everything out of the home from you know from from birth um, to schooling to, you know, even the, you know, any daycare or anything that we need to do, um, to, uh, um, health, everything, everything is now out of the home and, and by design, right. And trying to break up the nuclear family, break up the, the power, break up the communities and, and everything that we once, survived by, you know, as, as a village, as communities, let's get everyone in these little boxes. Let's make everyone so busy. They don't even know who their neighbors are that let's like get everyone in their homes and distracted by everything that they don't have time to research or do anything. It's like, yes, tell me what to do. Yes. Yes. Person over here. Tell me what to do for my kid. Yes. We have lost all connection with, um, with ourselves, um, children, community, God, whatever that is. And, uh, but I see a huge shift in the last few years of people wanting to reclaim that, and I, I think 2020 was a massive blessing because I don't know. I, I can assume I think I know where, how you and Jen feel about this, but life was just on the conveyor belt that society had led out, led for us, designed for us. I was just on this conveyor belt, go to work, come home, do the things, cookie cutter, house, all, you know, whatever we were told to do, school, sports, whatever, all of it, um, which nothing wrong with, but just, you know, this. This is what society tells us to do. And once 2020 came, it was like this huge block came and you had a decision of like, okay, which way are you going to go with your life? And it was, it was necessary to change the trajectory from where we're going and to make different decisions, to bring things more back home, to feel more connected, to stand up, to find our purpose, find non-negotiable brand, find all these things you're doing, having these meaningful conversations and everything that you're doing, bringing people onto your podcast. And I bet life feels more fulfilled and purposeful than than it did before. I am only assuming, but Oh
1: yeah, it's it's way it's crazy. I feel blessed it happened and I said it like I I still have anger towards some things and I'm trying to let that go because so much good came from it
0: mm-hmm.
1: that oh well, that all these people that sort of fucked with our lives are gone anyways <laughs> and they're and they're nothing to us and a lot of them meant nothing to us anyways. But yeah, and it's it's funny when you talk about like the warrior mama thing, it, I think of how it, I wouldn't say it forced because she's not very confrontational, but we were out for breakfast one day uh, at a local diner and the waitress wasn't going to allow my son to go pee because he wasn't wearing a mask.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I, it was the most incredible thing. I, she, I just looked at her. I'm like, I don't have to say a fucking thing today. Jen went up one side down the other. I just grabbed Blake and we went pee, but I saw like I, when, it, when something almost forcing a mob to do something that they've never done because Jen doesn't do that she's not confrontational she's sweet Jen she doesn't get involved in that shit but that day oh, fuck <laughs> I I normally I'm like now it's, I have to say something but it, I didn't have time it was the fucking most amazing thing I've ever seen I loved it but I I don't know maybe yeah, I don't know that's what the only reason why I thought that maybe women or moms need that moment where if it's not really in them to be a warrior or to fight or to be pushed.
0: yeah there has to be there has to be a moment there absolutely has to be a moment i you know i think you asked like, something bad have to happen and i don't know if necessarily something bad has to happen i think that lights a fire underneath you know um people when it does it motivates them and feels them to you know stand stronger and to make different decisions and and um how they move in their life, but I don't think something bad necessarily has happened, but you have to be pushed to the line. And when you're pushed to that line, uh, I think, you know, lying in the sand, that's when the mama bear comes out. That's when the protector comes out. That's when, you know, no hold bars and you will do anything for your child to protect them from the harms because you don't want harms to happen to your child. You are protecting them from the things happening that you don't, you know, that you don't want to, um, your child to go through. So I think it's the, when you're pushed you're pushed to your limits. And then this warrior absolutely comes out from inside of you because you'll do anything for your children.
1: How do you think we wake up? If that's the right word, parents, if not just mothers, because a lot just don't believe what we're saying. They think we're crazy people. They some still think we're crazy. Still think the convoy should happen. Still think that we all should have lost our jobs. I'm still battling with how to, because I've been told it's not our responsibility to wake them up, but how do we get the fence sitters to at least creep over to the side of whatever, whether it's faith or even just having a, using your brain? Because I feel that a lot are just numb to, like you said, following the system, following cookie cutter, go to work, come home, don't talk to anybody, shift work, never see your family. They're in this rut. It's how to get them out of it.
0: I I wonder about this often now because at the beginning it was like information, information, just got to talk, talk, talk and get it out there. But now where we're at, I don't know if that's quite the case anymore. I don't think information is going to do it. I think we are at a place where it's emotion, uh, where, you know, whether it's human connection, we have to move past the logical part of the brain because, you know, the fear or whatever else is still there. You're not able to have the logical conversations but it's through the heart. So for me, it's continuing to live your life and lead by example and to live your life in a way that it makes people curious. Like, what are you doing? Why does that look different? Why why are your kids like this or why are you, you know, um living life this way? It's to lead by example and to lead with your heart and to be able to be open again to those conversations. Because I think that's the hard part too is a lot of people hurt us, a lot of people said some very cruel, nasty things. And sometimes we want to be closed off and hold on to that resentment and anger. But I look back on my indoctrinated years, I had to go back to some of my friends and, you know, apologize about the homeburst conversation. Uh, One of my best friends to this day, when I first met her, I thought I could not be her friend because I thought she was a crazy anti-vaxxer. Um, You know, she's (laughs) my best friend. Uh, And I think I have to remind myself of where I once was and to remember to have humility and compassion that people can change. And it's super frustrating. I know people were frustrated with me at the time. Why couldn't I see this? Why couldn't I understand? Why, you know, what was the, the, the blocks that I wasn't able to comprehend these things? It just wasn't their time. So I try to constantly remind myself of of that Uh, do i do it well no Uh, it's a constant work in progress and lately i've been trying to pray a lot for strength to forgive uh very specific situations so it's uh something i have to continue to work on but i think it's living your life and leading by example and hoping people will be open and curious
1: it's an awesome message um and even to the dads i've said it on a few other podcasts and conversations i i really believe that moms have stepped up way more than dads in the last three years, which as a father, it, it bothers me because that's like the large reason why we're here is to protect, provide for our wives and our kids. And I, I, I guess the, what's the word man up? I just feel like a lot haven't. And maybe that's why some women are even afraid to I don't know, say something or even some men are afraid to say something because they've been demasculated because being a masculine man is now like a horrible thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's been a very strange bunch of years, but like you said, I'm blessed. Um, I'm super happy that it's all happened. Um, and for the most part, we've all, we've got to meet you guys and the whole, like the whole crew, I guess you want to say, right. Um, yeah. h- how do we back you? Cause I know that and I say back you financially because you shouldn't be going what you're going through because you, you sort of led the way and, and led the charge in this fight from a at least the nursing angle. And I know that the powers that be are trying to fuck with people, uh, taking down links and and stopping. It's not, uh, what's the one that they shut down at the convoy? It's it's uh, GoFundMe. It? Yeah, go find me. So it's not that. It's uh, Give, Send, Go. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone needs to step up. And, and, and donate because what you've gone through it shouldn't just be on you and that, that decision by that JP is, is disgraceful and it, and it shouldn't just land at your feet and I really hope everybody donates and helps out because it's wrong and you've, and you've still got more battles to come, in, come into you right?
0: Two more trials one at the end of the month and I don't think a date is set for the, the other one mm-hmm
1: And what are these ones for? Same thing?
0: Speaking at a protest for speaking. Yes. Yeah. The other one, the one is for Cornwall and everyone got dropped except for me because I guess I'm a, I'm a repeat offender. So everyone got let off of that one.
1: (laughs) It's so crazy because I have a bunch of friends that went across the border and got the, the 10,000 or $12,000 tickets for not doing Arrive Can and not doing the Vax. And a lot of them had a Zoom trial. or Our really close friends uh, was part of it. And he's a man of principle, and he was not pleading guilty. It didn't matter. But if you pled guilty, charges were dropped. So you pled guilty to no fine. Most of the crowd did it. As soon as that crowd went off the Zoom, they're like, all right, not guilty the rest of you. Good job. They wanted to just have no people way. say they were guilty. Yep. Wow. Yep. As soon Good as all him. these people went off the Zoom, the the rest of the people that stood their ground and were like, Nope, not guilty, we're having a trial. They didn't have they just let it go because there's no there's no evidence. There's nothing. Yes. There's nothing to support it.
0: Wow. Which, Doesn't which that not. say something right there?
1: Yeah. So if you're fighting, if you're listening and you still have a Zoom trial, not like be principal, not guilty. You aren't fucking guilty. Kristen's mm-hmm. not guilty what they're doing is tyrannical and it's and it's part of a massively corrupt system that I was a part of as well and it took me many 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 years to see it it took me having to stand up and quit my job um, I don't think policing is corrupt in the way that you know they make it look in the movies or you know dirty cops selling drugs I mean there are a few that have done that but I believe the system's corrupted in the fact that people don't do the right thing for the right reason it's just all political and nothing has anything to do with catching bad guys and putting them in jail it's got everything to do with just making everybody happy and smile and lately no bad guys go to jail anyways and then good people like you are getting fined it boggles my mind because i've seen really bad people not go to jail for doing really bad things worse than speaking at a rally
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's just crazy Well, okay here's a question for you if you don't mind um because i was super curious about this Uh, email that you know came through my inbox and I don't know if you've heard of this story or have something to say on it about a Peterborough man uh, got robbed by someone with a baseball bat was attacked so the the man who owned the store was attacked he ended up being able to disarm the man fought back so the robber you know ran off or whatever and uh, the store owner who fought back got uh, charged with aggravated assault
1: And that's why we're at where we're at, if that is even grammatically correct. Because (laughs) bad guys fear no one. And I firmly believe that bad people, so this is probably what happened. I don't know this story, but it's like a consensual fight. Dudes can fight if they both agree to fight. That's fine. That's just simple fighting. They can't even really assault each other if you agree to fight. If you are in that fight and say you snap his arm in half, no one can consent to having their arm snapped in half. So I'm guessing this guy got the bat from the guy and gave him a beating, which I completely agree with, and I love it, and good for him. That's probably why I got charged. It's we Our system is broken. Bad, evil men fear nothing in this country. And I say bad, evil men because mostly it's men that do bad shit. So And they're the ones that can actually create the most harm. And they fear no one. They fear no one because they know if they break into my house, if I want to do something about it, now I'd probably go into jail. I mean, I, I would do something about it, but that's the thing. There's not enough people that will do something about it because they fear black guys on charges. They just fear going to jail for doing what's right, and it's fucking crazy. But bad guys fear nothing. Good guys have fear. Bad guys have none, and that's where our country is because there's their system's broken. Bad guys are in, they're out. You steal a car, you're in, you're out. You rob a bank, you're in, you're out. They got rid of mandatory minimums. There used to be mandatory minimums for gun for gun offenses, minimum five years on top of your sentence. You rob a bank with a gun, if the robbery sentence is ten, you're going for fifteen. JT got rid of that because it's mean, or whatever. So no one fears anything. It's it's no. our our country is is in a bad place, but I I think you said it earlier. There's a shift, and I believe yeah. that politically there's a shift because the judge that decided that the emergencies act was unlawful, and that was. Back with, by, by your fight from the Canadian frontline nurses. There's something going on because that judge would not have done that at his level if he didn't fear for his life, didn't fear for his political career. He would not have done that unless he truly believed that there was a shift in the background of, of politics. There has to be something going on in that we don't see, but there's a huge shift. People are done with this shit. They don't think that girls are boys and boys are girls. Everyone believes that a bad guy should go to jail no one like for the most part thinks that small businesses should be shut down. And I truly believe that that's the case now, but this country's in shambles and people see it.
0: Absolutely. And that's why I kind of, I know I go on a lot of rants and I apologize and I'm sorry, but no, that that's why never. everything that, that you guys are, are doing and helping me and bringing me onto your podcast, I are just really appreciate it because it also shows Canada still has a voice, um, you know, and they're still going to stand up and still going to fight. So even, you know, the the monetary uh donations are so incredibly um appreciated, uh beyond words that I can, you know, say. And I'm just so thankful. I like it's I think it's been over 14, 15,000 in about 24 hours, like just crazy amount of money that I am so grateful for. But it also shows that Canada has a voice and our, you know, will support and speak up because I don't want anyone to be discouraged from standing in their values and their convictions because of all this nonsense going on. I want people to feel supported that no matter what, you know, Canada will rally behind them. And, you know, we, we do have a voice and it'll be heard.
1: Amen to that. And and your voice is God given. And I don't know what people's faiths are. I obviously know what yours is and what mine is, but um, you know, there's a reason why a lot of people that have spoken up, no matter what the cost, no matter job loss, friend loss, financial burden, things are okay. Things are better. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that they're not going to scare us into being quiet, but, you know, if you're listening, I'm going to have the link for sure in the show notes. We're going to try to put links everywhere for for these donations to, to help you out with these fines and even maybe more fines. Um, and people will hopefully see that even if they do speak out, and shit gets wild, and finance finances get tough. We'll have your back, and I, I hope that the the message they're trying to send you is going to backfire on them big time.
0: Absolutely, usually always does.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where, where can everybody find uh find your details, your website, the Warrior Mama info?
0: Yeah. Where- um, mostly Instagram. So at Kristen underscore Nagel and my website, dot and warrior mama's course will be a three month course coming up that should be launching March 11th. I hope it should be ready to go by March 11th for those that would like to join, to find and embrace your inner warrior. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so cool. That's what when that, when that, uh, when it becomes, or comes time to launch, we'll share the heck out of that. Um, Kristen, thank you so much for everything you've done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry, I'm gonna Thanks get, for having I'm gonna me on here. Yeah. Could you know what? It, <laughs> fuck. It's, uh, it's meant a lot that there is... It wasn't just Chen. There's tons of you nurses out there. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Fuck. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I have to edit part of that out. That's fucking... I can, no, I can, you gotta I can, let I, it go. You I have can, to. I, I can't <laughs> help myself, but... It's, <laughs> <laughs> um Thanks for listening everybody Keep sharing the, the podcast and our message and, and you know At some point start getting your message out there too Because um we know that a lot of you Feel just as strongly as we do Alright thanks guys
0: Everybody's just so sensitive It's crazy, it's ruined so many friendships Okay I'm gonna come back later Why would I care about my haters All I care about is my friends, my family And my lord and savior I'm back now, on to track now I never left my flow, as heaven sent, I'm eating jerky, it's venison, I ain't pure excellence,
1: I am the excrement, everybody's in the room, I'm the elephant.